Welcome everybody to the Ill-Informed Homies Podcast here on the Blacktastic Podcast Network. Five-fifths, former like Voltron with five black lions. <laughs> What's up, y'all? <laughs> hey. What's up? Of course, it's Panama, up, my new Frank, Corey, and me, Jabri. We're here this week. Listen, just before we came on, I had a whole like small talk thing lined up, but I just heard that Van Jones is rich. Bitch! <laughs> who can tell who can tell me more about this, man? Like a hundred mil from Jeff Bezos? I know nothing about this. I'm totally ill-informed. I was blindsided. Who can tell me more about this? I, I, I'm sorry I put that <laughs> on your heart, brother. Uh, for those that don't know, these billionaires been throwing money up in space. And so Jeff Bezos went up with an all-white crew. He came down, he looked around and was like, this might look bad. Hmm. Ben Jones, come on over here. $100 million. Go do something good with this money. And he got the award for courage and civility because he is a unifier. And there you go. Courage, huh? And civility. Remember. And then in his acceptance speech, he said, this is for people from Appalachia and people from the urban environments or something like that. Unity. He Van Jones. He Van Jones, a good one. But he did not cry. He didn't cry. He didn't cry. He, he had cried already. He, cry he yet. cried already. Let's be clear. That's he just true. didn't cry. He family. at least cried in a car. <laughs> now, in fairness, Bezos also gave the money to Jose Andres, the chef. Like I said, he looked at the four people or the three people with him in the space pod. I was like, oh my goodness. Did the chef get 100 mil too? He got 100 million too. Yep. Just a lot of money to consider. I mean, that's just, that's just a lot of dough to be. Is Jeff Bezos on Twitter? Putting towards causes and charities. I got to hit this fool up. <laughs> what you, like, probably, like, he he up clearly has it. too much money. Know. You never you know what's going to happen. He has too much money now. <laughs> like, he can donate to us. That's what I mean. You don't want to say that bad in case he was maybe on a short list. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, rocket fuel ain't cheap. <laughs> rocket fuel. If you got $200 billion, rocket fuel ain't nothing. Get out of here. It's just an interesting thing to give away that kind of money or to allow people access to that kind of money for various causes and such. Like that's a lot of pressure because a hundred million is like life changing for, for yeah, some groups, for, sure. for whatever, for whatever charities you think of. And then now you gotta, now you gotta genuinely consider whose life you're going to change, who you're going to, you know, you can't be giving folks $10,000 here when you are sitting on a hundred mil, you know, like people. I mean, but he not, pat- he ain't handing out checks though to people individually. No, but you're handing out to organizations, which is, which is damn near the same thing for yeah, some, yeah, right? Yeah. So for some of these organizations, what I'm saying is, 100 million ain't gonna it ain't gonna it ain't gonna solve the world problems, but it's also a lot of money that could change a whole lot of organizations or whatever's me. Future. I'm an organization, yeah. but think yeah. about that compared to his ex wife. So his ex wife gave away has given what five to seven billion dollars already. Dang. Well, he's trying to he up in space. He, he ain't got that kind of money to throw away right now. <laughs> you know he's. He got spaceships to build and oxygen to buy. You know what kind of insurance he got to purchase? <laughs> Where would y'all want to see that hundred million go? Where's a good use for it to go? He should find something real black tastic. H B C U's. So y'all can't see it, but right now I got on my old Harlem Children's Zone T-shirt. He can give a few mil to Harlem Children's Zone. Some organizations like that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he need to start the Van Jones College Scholarship. There you go. Party. That's a good idea. Come on, you got to go bigger than that with a hundred million. You got to go big. No, no, no you don't. You're not using a hundred mil for that purpose, though. You send it with like eight kids to Morehouse with that. 
But you know, it's like why start a college fund? We can start your own college. Yeah, it's at least an opportunity to ensure that some people get an oper- get the chance to not have to worry about paying for college. When schools like Morehouse and Howard don't even give full rides anymore, and in, in like they used to, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to get full rides to many of the elite institutions, the elite HBCUs at this point. So, and I'm not saying got to go specifically to those schools. I just feel like one of the easiest and most effective ways is to provide college scholarships. So, so Frank, you brought up Harlem Children's Zone. You know, remember a couple of years back, Zuckerberg gave Cory Booker in the city of Newark $100 million to fix the schools. <laughs> now, you the educator. How did that money hit? How'd that go? I mean, not well. I mean, you can't just give a school system money and say, make it happen, right? Like, you need some kind of different vision in there. You're going to need some restructuring. You're going to have to affect schools. You're going to have to affect students in after school hours, right? So, like, just giving them new books and new computers. $10,000 an A? That would work. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough haul. We'll see what he do with it. But, you know, there's a lot of commentary online about, man, Jones. But I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> but, but, but let's think about this, though. If he go give it to some black person. He didn't say it had to be black people. But that's what, but that's what we're talking about right now. That's, <laughs> that's what, what the com- that's what that's the what conversation about. is. Like, why ban Jones out of any other Negro? I'm saying, if you Bezos, what other Negro are you going to give it to? He is, as you started this conversation, the great unifier. I mean, Stacey Abrams is right here. <laughs> is he, though? I mean, do any of us view Van Jones as the great unifier? I like Van Jones. Like, I kind of don't. He one of the safest Negroes in America right now. No, but say that he's a safe Negro. Unifier is kind of a stretch. Like mm. I, I, and I, I, I see. I know some people like Van Jones for various reasons. I find him to be comedic, and he provides lots of fodder for material material as a writer. But you know, he also seems like one of them play both sides of the fence type of niggas. Like who? I'm not saying he speaks out of both sides of his neck, but he don't. So maybe unifier isn't the right word. Maybe accommodator. Maybe the Ooh. great. Uh, mm. Something about he negotiator. He's like more of a unifier than I think he actually is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's the kind of person that can get in in various rooms and maybe affect pop potentially affect change that way. He gets maybe. in trouble for like giving too much shine to like opposing viewpoints and stuff like that. You know, like you know, giving giving legitimacy to uh, what's the dude that sits with him, uh, Rick Santorum. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, giving too much legitimacy to Rick Santorum mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, he plays the middle too hard. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's try, he tries to be too understanding of viewpoints that perhaps are not necessarily need to be understood. That's a perfect segue for our first topic of the week. What you just said, it's a perfect segue <laughs> because it touches on you know what we try to do here. So we had a, a pretty uh, controversial episode last episode. We talked about Bill Cosby, Shakari Richardson. Um, if you listen to the podcast, you heard some. Um, some opinions that some found offensive, some found hurtful. And I just wanted to give us, give ourselves a little bit of space to talk about, you know, why we do the show the way we do. I said last week that, you know, when me and Panama sat down to, to uh, conceptualize what the network is, we talked about reflecting black thought rather than leading it, uh, which means that, you know, the conversations we have should look something like the conversations that other people are having, like not necessarily trying to always bring a novel idea, but just the five of us have enough different varied experiences that we come with different viewpoints at different times. So like if you heard something at Thanksgiving, you might hear that on here or if you saw it online or you 
you know, arguing with somebody on Twitter. You might hear that here. Panama, we talked about this earlier. You know, we had a a call and, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. had much better words than I did. Uh, can you uh, share some of your thoughts on uh, what this podcast is about? Yeah, sure. Of course that I can. So, look, Corey, we all love Corey here. Corey is one controversial Negro. And Corey always getting us in yep. trouble. Every goddamn one-star review we have is Corey's fault. So, is it? It is. It, it, we've had this call. We've had this talk before. Now, well, let me start with this. Some of the comments I saw online, I thought were interesting because so everybody on everybody on this on this podcast, we're all friends, effectively family at this point, right? Like everybody here is is family, and there's not a single person here that I would never expect or that I would not expect to have my back in, in under any circumstances, right? controversial opinions aside that like when you when you're friends when you family you just i don't know you just kind of you kind of get used to that kind of stuff whatever and we're you we're used to Corey. and i realized when with some of the comments that i got personally from people was that if you don't really know the people that are talking you're just listening it sounds different it, things hit different right but what i also realized is that a lot of this stuff sounds just like the conversations i have with family members with certain people on my Facebook feeds that I, that I, I, because I haven't turned my entire Facebook feed into like a silo of like one train of thought, I see all kind of opinions and stuff. And I guess everybody's just not used to that kind of stuff. Or when they're looking for, when they're looking for content to listen to, perhaps they're not entirely prepared for that. But, you know, I think ultimately this podcast reflects a varied intersection of thoughts. Like everybody here is very different in the way we approach a lot of things. Right. Like we all come from very different vantage points, even though we all got to the same place effectively to be here. And we're, look, we're all educated black males with multiple degrees. We're all those people. But that doesn't mean that your your upbringing, your influences don't affect the way that you view things. And I think that's where we are with this, which is why I encourage that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, Jabri, you mentioned we talked earlier and we did because. You know, I'll just keep call a buck. You know, Jabri was a little bit discouraged by some yep. of the some of the conversation that he saw online or the conversations that he had. And meanwhile, I was just like, listen, this is just how life goes. These are the kind of conversations we have. Now, Corey calling Shakari a hood rat was not something I was prepared for. That kind of came out of that field. Because <laughs> like taking a morality play on somebody making a mistake is an interesting, it's an interesting angle, right? But that's what Corey brings to the table. And the thing is, he probably ain't the only person that thinks that way. The stuff about Cosby, I saw all that right. shit online. People feeling vindicated by his, yeah. um, vindicated by the the overturning of the of the the verdict. I guess that's right, overturning the verdict. Like yeah. some people felt like that makes him not guilty, right? Because then you know we can't prove you can't prove anything, or that that's proof that well, whatever they thought. I saw all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. And I think it's it's you know at the risk of going too long on this, we are fortunate enough to have the ability to speak to a lot of different viewpoints and whether we give some of that stuff too much country is maybe a better question. I know I do. I'm willing to indulge any conversation way longer than I probably should. That's certainly debatable. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part. But the reason why we include it is because these are not just Corey's thoughts. These are right. These thoughts are prevalent in our community and sorry to talk about you like you're a bad dog, Corey, (laughs) you know, but, (laughs) but but this is, this is actually yeah, I was, yeah, I was bring in support of you. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, like the reason you're here, it's, it's like the view. Like you're going to hear from everybody on the view. You're going to hear from <laughs> Megan. You know what I'm saying? Like you're going to hear from everybody. So, you know, in this in this, in this this format, in this podcast format, long form, it's not just we take turns talking. We break each other's viewpoints down. We talk, you know, we talk through them. We turn them over. You know, we debate. We 
you know, and that's why, you know, after listening back through it, you know, editing the show, I felt like I left a lot of that stuff in there because it wasn't the only place I'd ever heard it before. And, you know, if it if it triggered some people, you know, that's really unfortunate. I'm sorry for that. But it's like if it helped anybody like to hear that, hey, out of the five black men that you're listening to, four of them think a certain way and only one you know thinks a different way. And if you have trouble like debating these people at Thanksgiving, like your uncle, you don't know what to say to your uncle. Maybe we gave you some words. Maybe we gave you some strategies, maybe, you know, something to help you through the next time you have to talk to somebody in a situation like that. So that's the reason why we left it in there and why we do the show the way we do. Um, I guess yeah, we got to give Corey a chance yeah. to... Uh, I want to hear from everybody actually on this because I'm yeah. curious. So, you know, and, and, and briefly, Jabri sent me the um, the episode. You know, I do, the, I do the final, like, I add, like, you know, the, the final editing, I guess, whatever you call it, before before it goes live. And he was like, you know, listen to this. What do you think? I listened to it. I was like, sound fine to me. Like, I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? And I was kind of surprised at the negative blowback on some of the stuff. And, and it wasn't all negative. Let me be very clear. It wasn't like 100% negative commentary. But also, I was just like, you know, I just, I realized that when you're having a conversation with your boys, this is how conversations go. Real talk. That's genuinely how stuff goes. And sometimes, sometimes it get, it gets bad, but we all, at the end of the day, we all walk away from that fine. And I just realized that people listening in don't, when they're not part of the relationship, they don't have those things. Sometimes people hear things differently. So that's the one thing I took away from that is that I realized that everybody doesn't hear things the way that we hear them sometimes. And sometimes that means that people are going to be negatively impacted by that stuff. But that doesn't mean you change the way you're doing nothing. You just, just got to realize that's part of how conversations work. But, yeah. you know, I'm curious. I think everybody, Manu, you listened to the episode. Corey, did you, did you go back and listen to it? Let me read one of the reviews first. Um, this this was our one star that we got on uh, on got Apple from uh, from Tina Day Day, and Tina Day Day writes: Corey clearly hates black women and presents as a homophobe. I understand everyone has an opinion, but his unchecked disdain is incredibly disheartening, and his disrespect and negative comments toward black women are hurtful. Um, you know, and I heard a lot of that. I mean, honestly, and that's not wrong in, in every what? way. I mean, like I can. I can see someone here. seeing your comments this way. Hey, hell, man, look, y'all done talked for too long. It's my turn to talk now. Um, first off, it is. I don't know where the homophobe uh, comment came from. I don't think we've uh, discussed uh, homosexuality hey, we, on we this. We discussed transgender came up. Well, anyway, I haven't made any homophobic remarks. So I'm, I'm, But as far as the other stuff, as far as like, I, I, I don't hate black women. I'm about to marry a black woman. I love black women. I've only ever dated black women. Uh, my opinions on Shakira Richardson, I think they are valid opinions shared by many. You know, if you ask someone, hey, uh, you know, a black woman wearing orange hair with fake lashes and long nails that's heavily tatted up, how would you describe her? They might be like, she a hood rat, right? So like, just because the PC people don't want to say that don't mean I'm not going to say it, right? I'm not PC. I say what I think and what come across my mind and how I feel. And that's the, that's how it's going to continue to be for me. So, I mean, it just is what it is. Like, I, I don't think like I'm, I'm reaching, you know what I'm saying? Like that is like to, for me to make those types of comments, that's not a reach. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there are tons of people who, who would describe her uh, in the same manner. So yeah, even though you guys may not, um, think like I think, or or respond in the way I respond. I think there there's a good segment of the population who does. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, that's I mean, that's what I, that's what I told Jabri. I'm like, I don't. And we've had look, we've we've done several podcasts together. So there's always some point where Corey does or says something that we always like, man, well, no, I don't know where this this was going to go. But I'm always on the side of, listen, his opinion is valid. It's his opinion. It's something that now if I if we disagree with it or we feel like something, whatever, you know, we all we all have an opportunity to speak. And, and he go, it goes the other way. Corey's definitely definitely voices disagreeing with our opinions as well right so, so can i can i jump in for one second though i mean i think the part of the comment that that i yeah, would maybe disagree with is just the part that it goes unchecked because when i listen to the pocket i think when he says something i think there does generate a response and i think it doesn't just fly by yeah. like hey we all co-sign and we agree um so that's just the piece that um yeah, if there's disagreement, we speak on it, and that go and that goes all around the table, right? You know what I'm saying? Like there are things that Corey never really fails to say. I disagree with what you're saying. If we disagree with Corey, same thing. If I disagree with Jabri, Frank, or whatever, like we, you know, that was kind of my point. When long-windedly talking about how we all have different opinions and perspectives, right? It just, it just is what it is. That's how that's how it happens. Now, I do hate that there are people that might listen and feel a certain way. But you're also listening to five black men talk about various aspects of life in our community. And we're all going to, and some of us are going to view that shit differently. It just, that it, it just is how that works now. Yeah. And we've all been if, friends for years. And sometimes we laugh when things, you know. If we're being violent, if we're being hard, like, like genuinely harmful to communities, any type of communities in, and I think in interesting ways, we all represent very different communities of our own, even on this, on this podcast. You know, I, I have never felt at any point that anybody was being so harmful or violent to any particular community. Even if I don't agree with what people what, what's been said by anybody in particular, you know, because I am sensitive. But to I do want to say we we know. can't ahead, say that we're the police on how people respond or feel to what was said here, too. Right. So, I mean, you know, we Absolutely. all come from different types like of different axes of marginalization. And I think if a person is offended by things that were said, however, again, intent does not negate impact. And so I think we do need to be conscious of that and again but that's that's a person's choice if they want to listen or not but um i just want to say we may think that some things aren't crossing lines but they could still very much be crossing lines to a person who has been impacted by that but that's the hard part of this and frank i want to hear i want to hear your opinion that's the hard part of this you don't know what what crosses lines for who you know what i mean like you genuinely don't know when having any conversation like i said if i ever felt like we were doing anything violent you know, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that people can't perceive it that way. You know, after every one of these conversations, Jabri and I usually have a conversation or like a debrief on what the conversation was. Like there have been times we've cut things out because we're like, no, nah, I can't do that. To, I can't do that to, to X, Y and Z. And it ain't, it ain't just one Absolutely. person. It's all of Absolutely. us. Right? We can't do we like, we can't do this. We, we got to cut this convo out because it, it just ain't worth it. It ain't worth right. it for anybody to hear my viewpoint on something or Jabri or Frank or Corey. It's just not worth it. It doesn't it doesn't make the convo better. You know what I mean? So I do think we do a fair bit of revisiting how we're coming across so as not to be those people. But in general, I do feel like we're just representing viewpoints, you know, and I hate that anybody feels negatively about any of those because it's not all the time. It's only in certain conversations, right? Every every conversation I like that. But, you know, Frank, what uh, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm just thinking. Like we touched on a couple of things in terms of us just, you know, us being folk and just rapping about whatever it is we're rapping about, which is, you know, on some barbershop type stuff to a certain extent, you know, niggas in the barbershop who read, right? That's kind of like how these conversations go. 
And <laughs> I need to change that to the description. <laughs> and so for that, I don't know how we don't run into this issue again. We're having this closed conversation and and publicizing it, right? Like we're comfortable amongst each other. We want to say what we want to say. And I, I feel like this is going to be something we're going to have that we're going to run into again in the future. Um, but I don't know if the structure of the show as is can escape that from happening. So yeah, we're talking about daily news or day or things that are happening in the black community, which happens to be sometimes it, it lends itself to very polarizing opinions on those things. And you know, the funny thing is sometimes we just don't know what's going to happen in the convo either. Right. Like, you know, it, uh, it, you just don't know where people stand on various things, even knowing each other, as long as we have, you still end up being surprised sometimes. Like, really, that's what you think that's, about that's this? True. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, nigga, true. I didn't think you were gonna be that's the one who thought that. Right. You know that that happens more than more than I I would think it would, which yeah. is somewhat enlightening. But it just creates moments where you find out, like, damn, that that's interesting that you think that way. But yeah, I I, just, I really do stand on that on the people's ability to to speak their mind. Like, I'm I'm with Corey on the whole non PC thing, right? Like, that's that's always been his stance, but if we ever thought that something was being said on one of these on one of these podcasts that genuinely was going to make something worse than better, I think we would we would all pull it. We've done yeah, that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like to touch on that, you know, we do our best, certainly. Um, sometimes something's going to slip through where we don't quite have the proper perspective to realize that something has crossed the line because, you know, we are all black men of a certain age and. You know, there might be people with different perspectives who might feel like their line was crossed. But the reason I want to talk about it here on the show was just because sometimes it can feel so much worse when you think people don't care. So I just want people to know that we do care about, you know, how we make you feel. And, you know, we do consider, you know, the viewpoints that we express and whether or not they should be publicized or, you know, whether they'll be harmful or whether we misspoke. Hey, did we explain that right? Hey, when when such and such said that, did anybody disagree with them? Because we needed to make sure that we, you know, cover both angles. You know, so we have these conversations. And I just want people to know that, you know, the homies care. It's always funny because it, it like I, we, used to, we used to joke on... um you know, we do the Bourbon and Border Loans podcast and everybody knows Corey's name, right? If nobody knows the rest of our names, everybody knows Corey's name, right? Because everybody's like, this man, Corey, coming through, whatever. Like Corey's name ends up in more reviews than anybody else's in general. And it, but it's always, you know, it's it's not always it's not always negative. It's always it's always fun. Typically, you know, we it's the stuff you take in stride, right? And, you know, so just so you know, Corey, it's putting no beat up on Corey thing. Man, fuck Corey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know i'm definitely not out here trying to like hurt anyone's feelings or you know say anything that i think right. would uh harm someone so that's definitely never my intent uh but you know i just express my views in the, in the way i express them and i think that's the main bullet point when you're talking to your friends you know that when we're all talking amongst each other we all know that like i said that's what i learned that people hear things differently than we mean those things sometimes and that's the biggest lesson i just i tend to learn in all this stuff like even when I write articles and I'll say something and people don't get it, I forget that these people don't really know me. They don't know how my mind works sometimes. Right. right. They, they don't. They don't. They don't know the references that I'm always making and stuff like that. You know, if I throw it's light blue Why in, a, in, a, in, in an article, everybody I know would know where I'm getting that from for the most part. And everybody else would be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know. So it's just. It's just. It was just a reminder. It's just a reminder for me sometimes to keep those things in perspective. That's all. But to everybody listening. 
Tupac cares. It don't nobody else. It don't care. nobody else cares. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Illinois Homies podcast on the Black Tastic Podcast Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Illinois Homies podcast on the Black Tastic Podcast Network. Um, Naomi Osaka back in the news. Uh, you know, she took off the French Open. She took off Wimbledon, citing her mental health, saying that, you know, she didn't want to do the press conferences, uh, that they caused her anxiety. Well, this week, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition came out and she's on the cover. There's a couple of uh, different, uh, cover models, Megan Thee Stallion, uh, being one. Who has the list? Anybody got the list? It's just three of them. Lena Bloom. Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion. And Naomi Osaka. And Naomi Osaka. Well, uh, right-wing commentator Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly pointed out that Naomi Osaka was saying that she was too shy and introverted to do press conferences, but that that seemed at odds with doing a bikini shoot and promoting it. Osaka responded that she did the, the shoot before the French Open, and she told Megan to do better before she blocked her on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Frank, what'd you think when you saw this exchange? So it just really speaks to Megan's ignorance, right? So let's just say that the magazine was not shot last year or whenever she decided to bow out. So what, right? Like how you feel at one particular time is how you feel at one particular time. And it's not like when you have, let's just say, generally speaking, anxious, you're not anxious all the time. And it doesn't mean you can't get to a point or to a place where you can get over it, especially with a lot of lead time, right? So if she didn't want to do it yesterday, that's fine. If she wants to do something today, that's also fine. So, like, the attack on it, I don't quite get because that's not how, for without a better word to say it, mental behaviors operate. So, like I say, even if she had did it yesterday, that does not negate the fact that she feels uncomfortable doing press conferences at certain times. Right. And it's not like it was a press conference. It was a different thing. It was a bikini shoot. It was a completely different thing. Can I do the Jocelyn Hernandez? Why is you here? Like, really? <laughs> why is you here? What? Why is she in this? Why she got something to say? Osaka is 23 years old. Megyn Kelly is 50-year-olds. What are you checking her for? Like, get out of my face. Just trying to be in the mix. That's so tired. Anyway, that's that's all I got to say. That's tired. <laughs> <laughs> Megan needs to do better. Megan can't do better, and I ain't asking her to do nothing better. She can't keep a show, can't do a show well. And so, listen, this is the woman who talked about, what did she say? Jesus is white, and then just stop there. Or Santa. I think Santa Santa was was white, white too. Listen. Yeah, Santa's white. He just is. He just is. Yeah. like This is nothing but clickbait, right? That's all this is. This is just clickbait. Is it? I mean, so I actually, I mean, I actually thought she had a, like, a semi-valid point. I mean, if you're going to take the, the, the line that, you know, hey, I'm shy, I don't, you know, I got anxiety, I don't, have, I don't feel comfortable in, in certain settings, like, be that all the time, right? Because then when you're selectively taking it, right, then we can't do that, right? Because we need you to promote the event. So if you got anxiety now, have it all the time. That's not how anxiety works. Or how it should work, and you would hope it doesn't work that way. <laughs> if you try to get better, if, you, if you're capable of getting over your anxiety, then get over it now, <laughs> right? That's not how well, it make Corey. it work, Corey. You, you know, you don't just promote. make yeah. things like depression work. You can't just make being bipolar work and other things like that. Like you don't just wake up and get over it. Like I'm strong enough to will myself 
through this mental issue. In that case, I don't have any leverage to ever make you do anything because you can always just wake up and say, well, I got anxiety for this one particular thing. Right. So we need you don't have any leverage and she's willing to take the consequence. And that's yeah, that is called consent. You can't make me do anything. That, that's no. white, I'm a grown up human being. I mean, she took herself out of the French was the French Open, yeah. right? Yeah, French, French Open. And then Wimbledon, Wimbledon, she skipped. Wimbledon, right. Because she's like, I don't want to subject myself to these things. It's a completely different thing when you control the variables, which is what Megan Kelly said. Megan Kelly said that she only she only wants to do things when she's comfortable with the questions and stuff like that. Something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing ill-informedly. <laughs> but that's also her prerogative, right? Like, if, if Naomi Osaka decides she never want to pick up a tennis racket again, that's her prerogative because if she don't want to do it, like, you know, that's so literally... for y'all to say. So you do know most sports leagues have mandatory press time. You don't you don't get to have my prerogative. Yeah, well, you have, yeah. we had this time before. To go and, and speak to the press, not, no matter how you feel, right? Yeah. So this is my prerogative. For, I don't want to do it. Like that's not even the the norm. No, but she norm. pulled out of the events. Therefore, she doesn't have to speak to the press, right? <laughs> so <laughs> she don't have to do the press. That's what I'm saying. If she wants to sacrifice her career from here on out and never play another. Never do another, never try to get another Grand Slam or anything. That, that's pretty much on her. Now, if there's still a, if there's still a demand for her in such a way that she could do magazine covers and stuff like that because what she represents to people is bigger than tennis, that also could be a thing. She she could be she could be doing just fine for that because she's somebody who who took her own she took her destiny in her own hands because something did not feel right for her. And here's the other thing too: Megan might have a little bit more of validity. If she says something like, well, I only want to respond after I win a match. You know what I mean? Like, she clearly going to win the first few rounds. And she's like, I don't even want to do that. So it's not even about just not wanting to answer questions that you don't want to answer because it's not all about winning or losing. So what are you really saying? What is your real point here? What is Megan's real point? Or what's my- yes. I mean, I think Megan just feels like... You know, if you if you have uh, she jealous because somebody more successful than her. That's because it sounds real hateful. She just she, she just seeing some some irony here, and someone who says, "I you know I have you know this level of anxiety," and then you turn around and do this. Like this seems a little ironic. There, I mean, like makes sense. Yeah, right wing people live in this zone. They live in this area where they point out things that seem to be contradictions on their face. Like before you dig yeah. into it at all, they love pointing out fake contradictions. Right. There's no irony there. She don't want to do one thing. She was okay with doing another thing. Right. There was an interview involved with the with the swimsuit cover. It wasn't just photos. <laughs> right. One reporter yeah, sits down she, asking her questions. Uh, that, she that sits was, down and answers the questions. I did. There you go. There was an interview involved with the swimsuit issue. And I'm sure she could have left that interview at any point where she got uncomfortable. On her terms. Perhaps, yeah. It also could have been one of the things that broke the camel's back. This could have been one of the things where she's like, man, I really did not like mm-hmm. sitting down with that reporter for all that time. And if I have to keep doing this, I don't know how long I can do it. That could have been one of the things that contributed yeah. to her uh, taking a break. It just seems like a weird hill to die on to be like, your discomfort doing things means you should not do anything. Right. You are more comfortable in some circumstances than others. Everybody is. Right? I mean, that's just that's just how life goes. And she's clearly drawn a line perhaps now i don't know if naomi osaka did say look i don't plan on doing any of this stuff again but maybe she's like i'm gonna do one next week because i'll be just fine like the, the same lady who interviewed me here i really liked i was comfortable with her she made me feel i did not feel anxious in that setting because the person made me feel like she wasn't antagonizing or coming for me as many of these athletes came out in support of naomi osaka said right they're like yo 
these reporters be coming for you in all kind of ways. And some people don't like it. It's they deal with things differently. So you saw how mad Devin Booker and Chris Paul were at that that dude who who asked about that question at the press conference after the LeBron last game. James came out and said, "Yo, I don't feel comfortable." LeBron James walked, walked, walked off the, the stage, stage before. Like, remember, he has he walked does. off. That's just fine. He asked the question before he did. But if he right. came out and said, "Yo, I don't feel comfortable and doing came this," came back when he was good. Wait, wait, but then, but no, but then came back the next week, next week, and released the episode. Maybe there's some episode sort of shit no, in between. Released the episode of the shop, <laughs> right? Then we'd be like, "Hold up, bro!" So you can't give press conferences, but you could do the shop. Like people would be like, "Nah." Nah, dude, you have to go do the press conferences. You can't do the stuff. No, that we you don't want do that. Do. So we named some people before who don't do well or pretty much ignore the press, and they do other things. But right after an yeah, interview, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch, he does Marshawn other Lynch things. He does commercials. commercials, and we don't say nothing about He's rolling it. Rolling around in tires. They, they also tires. they also forced Rolling him around. to do his press conference. He didn't have the option of not. No, doing no, no. It. What he did was not that a press not conference. A press Let's conference. be clear. Absolutely. My man was present. He was not there. <laughs> like the nigga was not press conference. That's true. He, he didn't give good answers. I don't know, man. So here's he what we here's what we ignore. We don't think this was racial at all. I feel like that's what we're tiptoeing around right now. We don't feel like Megan Kellen her motivation was was racial at all. You said racial. I mean, she is a racist. I mean, we can call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. just think she's attacking black women because that's where she gets off, and she hopes she can get back to yeah. where she came from. Girl, get out of here. It's, it's a little hanging fruit for her audience. Like, it's absolutely an easy thing yeah. that's going to get clicks, that yeah, is going to get shared. Look, we wrote about it on The Root, right? Like, we, like everybody gave this and shit. And we talking about it right now. Because yeah. it's, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, she, Megan Kelly got exactly what she wanted out of this, right? Yeah. It's, it's exactly what she wanted to get out of this she got. Yeah. And you talk about the racial aspect, you know, that segment of the population loves to point out the unappreciative, rich Negro Talk athlete who that. who doesn't appreciate all everything Talk that they earned it. in America. How how dare this person who's a millionaire talk about inequality? <laughs> they made it. They're a millionaire. How 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 are they not treated equally? And it's like, yeah, I can't explain to you how to care about other people. <laughs> like, why why would Colin Kaepernick care about police violence? Right. Because he cares about other people, like it's not really that deep. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's probably the best point about all this. They literally, there is, there are a ton of commentators who think that these people of privilege, earned privilege through athletic abilities and, and, and people who have earned the right to be on the stage they're on, should just be grateful to be right. there, as if they didn't have to work to be there, as if they're not human beings who have. We have perspectives and feelings and all kinds of shit. Or is shit. it they and, can and, do what they do? But it's also effort, <laughs> commitment, and sacrifice, too. Like, it's not like they woke up one day and the next day they was in the NFL and the NBA rich. Like, that's sacrifice through that whole time. And I for heard. me, look, look, Naomi Osaka is a competitor, right? She wants to win. Damn for straight. her to be like, I don't want to deal with this shit, if it's enough to make me not want to be present for this stuff, like, that yep. says something. Like, that genuinely, to me, speaks volumes about what she's personally going through when it comes to that stuff and what she's willing to put on the line for it. If she's like, I'm not even willing to compete for these things because I don't want to do this stuff and you're not going to make me do it. Like, I'll just have to, I'll just have to let that shit go. Like that's, that says a lot to me. Let me ask this question. Do you think that this is a, a good trend? Is this something that's going in the right direction? Like, are we, is it good just overall as a blanket statement that we're paying more attention to mental health? Or is there also an aspect of a softer generation coming up behind us? I think we could be saying two things at the same time, but I don't think, I think soft could just be more sensitive 
more caring, but not necessarily weaker. Sure. Right. So like, you know, one of the things people like to talk about with this upcoming generation is like, oh, you can't even handle bullying. Right. But like nobody wants their kids bullied. You know what I mean? Everybody wants their kids just to go to school, get an education, maybe do a sport or whatever it is that they want to do, chess. I don't know. Nobody actually wants to go through bullying and other things. And so are they softer? I would say yes, but I would say more on the positive side of being soft. Like I said, just being more aware, being more sensitive, being more caring, being better people. (laughs) I don't know, Frank. I just watched the first episode of the new Power Season with Kanan, and I think his mom wanted him to go to school and fight. 1991. Oh, so not today. 1991. She also, <laughs> she also put a gun in his hand and gave him a speech. Like, and then had him letting but off right, That was 20 years so, ago. That was not today. Or 30 years ago. 30, bro. That's 91. All right. 30. Well, good point, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I feel like this generation is softer. I think just societally we care more. Like, we're willing to hear these things more than we used to. Like, there was a time when if there was, quote, unquote, something wrong with you, they sent you away. They just ain't deal with it, right? Or you just got, you know, there was there was really no concern or no space for that. Whereas nowadays, these, there's look, there's a lot more people who are, self-care is a thing now, right? Like, people genuinely care about self-care and making sure that your own your own person is okay before you can go deal with everybody else's problems. That's not something that we were talking about five five years ago much less 10 or, or beyond that yeah i think we just care more or it, it seems like it i mean every every segment of society doesn't care more right like but i think as a at least culturally it seems like there's a lot more emphasis on the person and the well-being and wellness of individuals to the point where we're open to listening to athletes even more we hear this story like we never used to care anymore because we used to treat them you're rich like you're fine like we didn't we didn't care about their stories. Yeah. Now we want to hear these stories. We want to know because that me that means are we are we creating did we create a class of rich people who are basically out here with all the problems in the world but nobody knows. You know what I'm saying? And I think that ain't making for better humans that aren't that aren't able to go and be more productive members of society. So I think we just we just care more culturally anyway. Yeah. We use that word you see it on social media all the time. The word normalize. Mm. You know. Um, and a lot of these things have become normalized, you know, normalized therapy, normalized medication, normalized openness, normalized honesty, normalized a mental health day off, you know, and all these things are becoming more and more part of our everyday lives. And we're, and we're not thinking about it that much. We're not blinking that much. I think that this thing with Naomi Osaka is, is going to be one of the last times we talk about this. Next time it happens, people are going to say, yeah. Corey, I, what, what you think, man? I, I, I need I need the Corey perspective man, we, here. We're getting too soft, man, as a society. We need to, the people got to toughen up, man. Like, we got, you know, everybody's soft on every topic. You know, you got to be PC all the time. You got to, you know, it's just, I don't like the way society is going, man. We're going in the wrong direction. We need to get going. Now, does, P, does non-PC to you just mean you get to say what you want to say? Because it, cause it almost comes across as not giving a shit what anybody else might be going through, right? Like, to say that we have to be PC now almost implies that what people are dealing with is not valid. Uh, I think you can be going through whatever you want, but, like, someone else's opinion on what you're going through shouldn't make or break you. That shouldn't, like, harm you. Like, um, you shouldn't allow someone else's opinion or someone shouldn't not be able to voice their opinion because you might be going through something, right? You're just one person, right? Like, people should be allowed to say what they want to say, and you should be able to hear someone's opinion 
and keep it pushing and not feel like, oh my God. Why should I care about someone else's opinion? Why do I have to sit and listen to someone else's opinion? Like, what what rule is that? If You can say your opinion, but you don't got to say it to me. That's what most forms of entertainment is, right? Sitting and listen to someone's opinion or sitting and listen to what something that someone has produced, right? So we got talk shows, we got TV shows. We got, like All of that is just you hearing someone's opinion. Music is kind of you hearing someone's uh, thoughts and opinions. So that's kind of like what most of our forms of entertainment is. Now, let me ask you a question, because I don't, I don't remember your answer to this. I don't know if I was on the, on these podcasts. Was Kwame Brown being soft or responding to Matt Barnes in there? Uh-oh. Come on. Let's get out this definition, this dictionary that defines some shit. No, I was all for Kwame Brown. I was like, I was with that. But why? Because he was effectively just responding to what Stephen Jackson and and well, Matt he, he, felt, said. He, he felt like he was getting bullied, you know, for 20 years. He felt like, why well, y'all keep talking about me? So, so then it was okay for him to respond. Because he's being bullied. Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, someone talks. If someone mentions your name, you got every right to respond. But we wouldn't call him soft for that. Uh, no, not at all. It's the opposite of soft, right? Soft would have been crying. Uh, like you know, why they keep talking about me? He got on there. But that's what he's been doing effectively for the last twenty oh. years, though. So prior he to this year, he was soft because that's what he was doing the last twenty he years. Everybody oh, he, over and over again. He, he, he invited, he, he invited them to his hands. You know what I'm saying? After twenty <laughs> years. <laughs> So he, so he was soft up till yesterday. I mean, he was letting it slide. <laughs> that ain't the same as soft. But when he got ready, to, when he got, when he had enough, he didn't bitch and cry about it or say, you know, I'm, you know, I need therapy or something because they keep laughing at me. He's like, look, I'm gonna slap the shit out y'all if y'all keep talking about me. That, I like that way of handling it. You feel like that's the most effective yes. approach in life? We need to get back throw to hands at everything. <laughs> we need to get that, throw hands at everything. That type of energy. Did they fight? Did I miss it? Did they actually? Nah, nah, nah. They oh, so that, nah, so that nah, they... was all just talking nothing. Two out of three of them are millionaires. Just, just they checking. Fighting. They ain't fighting no damn Kwame Brown. Two out of three. Um, three out of three. Out of three. Yeah, Kwame Brown made like. Seven. You think Kwame Brown? Yeah, he's still, still holding on to a couple. Yeah, Kwame Brown made a lot of money. He's still we holding on to a couple. Talking about this when he was on the show. He did. Yeah. He did the smart he thing. He did. That's right. We did have that conversation. He probably still a millionaire. That's true. That's true. Hopefully. But Corey, you know what the issue is though? You don't rec- you don't recognize like any kind of ill at all though. Bro, people be bandwagging on these things, right? So at some point, like maybe well, like they a feelings year, just be hurt. <laughs> it's not a bandwagon. They own feelings are hurt. So they don't like it. Do you genuinely think that when people say, like Naomi Osaka, for instance, like she's saying these things are anxiety inducing? Do you just uh, not believe that? Last year, everybody be had true? anxiety. Like for some reason, everywhere you look, every celebrity had it. Like it, it was a, apparently it was contagious. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it could also be true, right? Like it could actually nah, it's be like this is like being fucking lactose intolerant, right? Once one person gets it, everybody got nah. it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My husband nah. been drinking milk. You should. <laughs> You should be around people that lactose intolerant. You'll learn some lessons real quick. Motherfuckers who grew up eating cereal all their life with whole milk, all of a sudden, can't, can't, you know. Your body does change. Your body does change. You can pick up an allergy at 50. You do realize that, right? And maybe your mama just didn't give a shit when you said you don't feel good after you ate cereal. Like, maybe you've been lactose intolerant your whole life. You thought having Crohn's disease was regular. Damn. And now your heart hard. Your heart hard for everybody else with a stomachache. You're like, fuck y'all. You know what kind of stomach I had? You know what my mama told me? And your teacher. Right. And your teacher was like, you fine. You fine. You fine. 
It's not like you don't believe in anxiety. It's not like you don't believe in it, Corey. Anything. It's not like you feel like it's it's a it's a fake malady. Um, Check out my malady. I, I would say it it depends. So even if you have it, like we got to figure out a way to overcome it, right? So anybody, we yeah, might about have skipping it. the French know. Open and telling the reporters to kick rocks, overcome. Right. Sometimes, right. You you make choices about how you're going to deal with things now. Nobody said she's not working on that on her own. Maybe she is. Maybe she isn't. I imagine if you're going to speak on that stuff, you probably are. But in the meantime, between time, if you know you can't do certain things because they're going to negatively impact you, you make decisions so that they don't. That doesn't lessen the fact that maybe that's true. Like, dude, that's the, that's like the whole point of being successful, right? At the at the end of the day, damn. the whole point of being successful is to do what you want to do facts. and not have to do right. anything you, you don't want to do. That's absolutely true. It's the whole that's point. That's good. That's good. You can afford not to go to work. That's real good. That's real good. <laughs> All right. All right. So the Olympics are coming up uh, next week. Or the week after, maybe, stupidly. maybe, uh, stupidly. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It, there's some momentum that maybe that's not going to happen. That's because COVID is surging Ooh. again. One thing that I want to touch on, you know, Corey, your home state of Louisiana has been like the poster child all on TV Wait, today hello. and Wait, yesterday. How, why you point out my, all fifty states are surging? Why would you single out my state? Uh, but because they're using these Louisiana numbers to illustrate a point that there's yeah. between ninety four and ninety seven percent of the new cases. And deaths are from unvaxxed people. And Minden was one of the cities they named that was at the top of the list. For real. For real. You ain't have have to bring it that close to home, though, bro. I don't know if that was true or not. (laughs) Not mentioning Minden on CNN. Uh, No. Well, Well, look. I'm from Louisiana. I read it online. And I I, I caught some. Listen. When COVID first hit, the county most hard hit in the state of Alabama was Chambers County. That's where my father's from. That's where all my family's at. It was the most. It was the hardest hit state in terms, Mm -hmm. like, per capita. Like COVID cases versus the amount of people in the county, it was ridiculous. Those numbers were insane. So it happens, but some states are surging while they're pounding their chest. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like niggas <laughs> breathing. We 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 do this, and uh, maybe Louisiana should stop. You know, I'm not even. I'm not honestly. I'm not even super concerned with the people who aren't vaccinated because I feel like you had the chance. You were warned. You had the opportunity. <laughs> you didn't take it, bro. <laughs> No, you can still go get it. It's still available. It's still available. Right, that's the message. It, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not over, right? So, but but I'm saying, if you wanted it, you could have got it. So whatever happens to the people who chose not to get it, but they still making it worse for the rest of us because you can still get COVID, right? It ain't like you can't get it in there. Look, those of us who have kids who are under the age of twelve, like maybe I don't get a negative impact from it. But that doesn't mean I can't pass right. it to and my Let's child. also be clear. The more people that's not vaccinated, we're going to have Delta, Lambda, Gamma. I don't know the Greek alphabet, Zeta. It's going to be more and more mutants coming. That's my public health. The public got to care. Whoosh. Which is also surprising to me for people who still don't believe in the vaccine. Like, the shit did get better, right? Like, we did move in the right direction. Like, numbers were dropping, right? Like, things were getting better. Like, we weren't seeing the same t- – I think we actually even got under, like, 10,000 cases per day. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Manu, but, like, nationwide. Like, we were going in that direction. We were getting better. So something clearly but worked. You know what's so interesting, was though? Remember we shut down everything that March 13th day? It was, like, 500 cases in a day. <laughs> or something like that when they shut everything down. And right. now we're like we, – We thought that was right a lot. Now, like, we got below 10,000. We're doing good. Nah. And I think that whole message was – wild i mean it was wild and here we are still but people but i mean it, you know we're not surprised that people just don't want to buy into it but I, really i, I get like like how we opened up with how you got to have them conversations with your family members and friends 
Like, if you got to talk to them about getting these vaccines and what they need to do, like, seriously, have those conversations with your family members and friends. I still got family I'm still working on. Look, I'm just hoping these deaths uh, create some job openings for me, man. I've been out here on the hunt, so I'm just hoping some niggas with better jobs than me die. <laughs> so I can nah, move on. The life. niggas with better jobs, get the, they get the vax. They get the vax. Niggas with better jobs got Bro. the vax. Let's be clear. Well, damn. Right. <laughs> the job right. that you want, that nigga got a vax. Hey, a, the job that that certain, nigga want, yeah. they got a vax too. <laughs> Hey, look, we out here home. We, you know, we home shopping, man. It's been a lot of competition. I hope some of them niggas get the uh, COVID, so they can stop showing up. So I'm trying to find the positives in this uh, whole thing. <laughs> How does it benefit me? Of course, it's survival. Yeah, I want to be. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he did say social Darwinism out here. Like, listen, yes, job opening is what I want. You don't want their jobs, though. You ain't moving back to you ain't moving back to Louisiana for this. <laughs> hey, hey, if half the state die off and there's some openings down there, we, we might be on the next train smoking. Well, that was ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the black recommendation is Space Jam. Oh my god, I'm black recommending Space Jam. <laughs> Explain. Wait, let's go. Wait. No, I I really wish everybody could see Corey's disdain for this black recommendation. <laughs> have you have you seen yeah, it, Corey? Yes, have I you watched, watched it yesterday. I, I know you watched. Of course, yeah. you watched this shit. Yeah. How can I not? How can I not black amend this high budget? This this movie costs money. This high budget black movie. Whoa, with all whoa, black leads. Whoa, whoa. there's all. Oh yeah, sorry, it's all black leads. I'm tripping. You're right, my bad. All black leads, big budget. Uh, you know, everybody who's not black is a cartoon. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I, that's what I <laughs> And it turns out Porky Pig might be black. What? Why Porky Pig black? Because that nigga was spitting. <laughs> oh, oh, he got bars. bars. <laughs> yep, he definitely had a black ghostwriter, <laughs> at least. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Somebody black definitely, definitely had a black ghostwriter. At minimum. <laughs> Safari was ghostwriting for, 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 for Porky Pig. <laughs> That's the only spoiler that we're gonna give that that Porky Pig has bars, um, but yeah, it was just like it's good for the kids. Warner Brothers was really really pushing their other properties, like they reminded you a hundred times. Hey, we also own the Matrix, yeah, we own DC Comics, we own Harry Potter. All of that product integration is in there. So you know, you might have kids asking questions about when can we watch Harry Potter, depending on how old they are or whatever. When can I watch the Matrix? But uh, Don Cheadle's great. I don't think Don Cheadle knows how to not be great. Don Cheadle was amazing. He was. He commits to his role. He was. He commits to his role. He was not given the best material. About to make me watch this tonight. Talk on. But boy, he went in. Cheadle went in. So that's my black invitation, man. Check out Space wait, Jam. I gotta know, especially if you got the uh, age-appropriate kids. Like, wait, wait, Corey, you didn't, you don't like Space Jam? I mean, you know, honestly. So I heard a review. It wasn't terrible. I would definitely say that it's not like. Something you don't right. want. It, it wasn't, wasn't terrible. terrible. Um, you know, Jabri's using some strong adjectives like "great" uh, when referring <laughs> to Don Cheadle's performance. Like it was cool, great, maybe a stretch, but it was cool. It was definitely watchable. And if you had, and I don't even have kids, so I was watching it at my age. If you got kids, they'll probably enjoy it. It, it was, it's not bad. Yeah, my kids yeah. loved it. Yeah, my kids, the five, the six and five year old, they loved it. They wanted to watch it multiple times because it was a lot of action. A lot of cartoons, a lot of colors, lots of random stuff happening on screen. Like, there's basketball. Yeah, I don't remember the original Space Jam, so I don't even know if it's better than the original. Um, I love the original. Yeah, I don't remember the original because it was so long ago. But, yeah, it was cool. It's, it's watchable. You should watch it. I, I'm, I'm with the Black Amendation. 
Me too. Now I, I want to watch charming. it. Cool. Cool. I, I, well, let me say one thing before we. I, I thought they did my man Marvin the Martian dirty. That's you all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, because Marvin the Martian is definitely you, black. Marvin the Martian is black as fuck. Marvin the Martian, the realest nigga alive. Right. Marvin the Martian is the blackest person in the movie. I wanted more Marvin. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> Anything else we need to get to this week? Nah, that's it. Oh, that was a wrap. Panama, spit a little bit about uh, what's happening on VSB this week. Oh, a lot yeah. of a lot of blackness dropped oh, on yeah. July nineteenth. Oh, yeah, man. We uh, finally, so I've been working on this project for Very Smart Brothers called The Black Mainstream. And uh, on July 19th, we finally dropped it. It's a week-long excursion into blackness, uh, specifically blackness that is innate, mostly just to black people, right? So I call it The Black Mainstream because we're largely talking about things that are, um, maybe white folks don't really know much about this stuff. But that's on purpose. That's intentional. Like, the impetus of this was listening to Bill Simmons talk about Arsenio Hall's, the high point of his career being coming to America and realizing that the Arsenio Hall show was as important, as impactful as anything, it, more so than coming to America, in my opinion. For yeah, Arsenio more so Hall, than coming to America, for sure. Yeah. Right, exactly. And and to kind of hear a white person, a, a rich, famous, pop culture white person, kind of be like, nah, that wasn't really the case. I was like, what would he know? <laughs> so let's go talk about some things that they might not really be up on, but that also celebrate blackness. So we've uh, we started on Monday. So far, there's an article up about uh, Dipset. My homegirl, Shamir Ibrahim, wrote an article about Dipset. We have articles up about Georgetown. Damon wrote an article about thinking Georgetown was an HBCU. There's an article up right now about the, the book, so- Sister Soldiers, the Coldest Winter Ever. And... Uh, we have more content for the rest of the week that I'm really excited about. Uh, there's videos, there's content, and then all the art is done by a black woman oh. named Michelle Baker, uh, who's done lots of book covers for books you may not, you may know, books you may have seen. Like she's all over the place. So, you know, basically just all black everything. And I'm really excited about it. Really glad to get it, finally get it out to the public. So, the black mainstream, very smart brothers uh, at the root.com. Good stuff. Extra good stuff. That sounds great. But yep. but Frankie also brought up Dipset. Did you want to talk about Dipset's upcoming versus Franklin? I don't, I don't need I don't need to get into that because I just might go off okay. for another fifteen okay. minutes. I'm gonna let this ride, but maybe we could talk about that next week. When Dipset comes in my twice in one week, I get like, whoa, I gotta go play the lottery or something. So, I mean. These are my two favorite groups. <laughs> you like, stressed already, Bree? Are you dip, dip I am. versus Deluxe? I, I don't am. know, man. My head going to explode, man. I don't know what I, I'm going to do. Bree, you know I'm with you on we that. We might have to be together. We might have to be together physically. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Nobody around here will understand. Uh, live podcast. <laughs> live, live pod. <laughs> live pod Deluxe. Yeah. You said about you are curating articles about Dipset. Like, this is and so here's the Dipset funny is thing. high art, so, man. Don't laugh. Dipset is high art. Bro, here's the funny thing about this. Oh, so shit. Shamira, great friend of mine, she's like a Dipset apologist. You know, like she, she's from Harlem. She, diplomats are literally like yeah. her life. Now, she's a very serious, good journalist. So when I hit her up about this project, I was like, yo, you ever been paid, you know, a lot of money to just write about camera? Like, if, if somebody's going to put a check in your, a check, Give you a check to just write about oh, Cameron. Shit. She was like, yo, this. And so when she finished, she's like, yeah, that might be the most fun article I've written. Good stuff. Just, you know, like you just, she got to go all in on, on Dipset. And that's what I like about like having a space where we can create that kind of stuff because 
you know, we write about all these important things a lot of times, but sometimes you just got to have fun writing, like giving the same, the same gravity to the stuff you just genuinely like, right? The ability to go all in on something you actually like that isn't going to change the world, but matters to you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I love that I could, that I had somebody like Shamira, I could reach out to and be like, yo, dip that. And she'd be like, say less. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to all that. That's Absolutely. what's up. We got two recommendations. Right. right, right. <laughs> yep. So I think we're going to leave it here. Uh, we're going to take some time off uh, for the month of August. You know, we got some vacations planned. We family people. We'll be back sometime after Labor Day. Hopefully nothing too crazy happens that won't force us into a conversation. True. That could always happen. We might have to meet up. It might It might be demand. Like when the locks so beats that's also. I mean, that's going to be a moment. <laughs> Oh, I said that out loud. My fault. My fault. <laughs> um, yeah. So, thanks everybody for listening uh, and sticking with us. Uh, for for Panama, for Manu, for Frank, for Corey. I'm Jabri. Thanks for listening and have a black one. This podcast. Santa's white. He just is. He just is.